We are going to energize the country. Stop Brexit. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Seamus and not sure this is a great idea. Order. Hello and welcome to the Debated Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Will. I'm joined by my co-host, Conrad. Hello. And in this episode, I'm delighted. Uh, we're delighted to be joined by a Labour ca- uh, city councillor for Carlisle and chair of the grassroots campaign to elect Lisa Nandy, leader of the Labour Party, Calvin Rogerson. Welcome to the podcast, Calvin. Thank you. Um, so, to begin with, I'd like to ask, um, why are you supporting Lisa Nandy? Um, there's numerous reasons why I'm supporting Lisa in this upcoming leadership election. I joined the Labour Party because I was infused by um, Jeremy Corbyn. I was infused by the team around him. And I want to continue to fight for those radical policies that he put forward. And I want to fight those radical policies with a candidate that I know will continue moving forward. Um, you know, Lisa is genuine, she's honest, and what she talks about are things that we in places like Carlisle can totally understand when she talks about the Red Bridge. You know, we don't want a red wall that's going to keep on dividing us. We're in far too divided times already. We want that red bridge rather than the red wall that's going to unite places like Hammersmith and Wigan, Lincoln and Carlisle, and, you know, Nottingham and Salisbury. Um, you know, so that's why I'm back in Lisa, really in a nutshell, but um, there are plenty of other reasons why. So, um, obviously, Labour had a very poor election result, and that's the reason we're having this leadership election now. Um, do, what do you think is sort of the primary reason why that Labour did so badly in the election? I think it's very easy for us to point fingers at one another and say, um, this person costed us the election because they backed a second referendum or Jeremy Corbyn cost us the election because he just wasn't likeable and it's it's very easy to do that sort of stuff but what we need to do is look at the fact that Labour as a political party has always stood up for people that are anti-establishment, are working class, um, aren't better off in society and unfortunately I think in this general election it was dominated by Brexit. Um, you know, it's such a divisive issue. Um, and I think people really resonated with Boris Johnson's Get Brexit Done slogan. I went out there, I was knocking on doors every single day. I was um, Roof All Cross campaign coordinator. Um, and on the doorstep, people were telling us they're not going to vote for us because of um, Jeremy Corbyn, people were telling us they're not going to vote for us because they want a second referendum. But people were also telling us they're not going to vote for us because we don't have a sound economic plan. Um, how are we going to fund it all? And as activists going out there, we didn't have, we weren't equipped with uh, the knowledge of how are we going to afford this? How are we going to pay for this? We were getting briefings coming in every single day and policies were being announced left, right and centre. And they were great policies, they were good policies, but we didn't have the information there for us to use, like the Tories had or like the Lib Dems had and it was really really trying to get those crunch votes between Lib Dems in areas in Carlisle which are traditionally Lib Dem that were just telling us you know we would vote for the Labour Party because we want a second referendum but how are you going to afford to pay for all of this stuff that you've just announced so I think there's a multitude of reasons why we lost and I think ultimately it does come down to this whole um, Brexit get Brexit done situation um, and it, it was a real shame because it didn't have to be like this. We didn't have to have a Brexit where we see refugees being torn away from their 
families. We didn't have to have a um, Brexit where we see America threatening to put tariffs on us. Um, you know, if we went out there and fought for a Brexit that would see real, genuine socialist change in this country, we could have won. And I think 2017 shows that. And um, it is what it is, I guess. We've just got to keep on fighting and take it back to the communities that we lost and tell them that Labour still cares. Um, recently, we saw the uh, first uh, leadership hostings in Liverpool, and some of the candidates, uh, in particular Jess Phillips, of course, has uh, withdrawn now, uh, criticised the format um, because there was 40 seconds to reply uh, at the start, and it, it slightly went over that. Um, what did you think of the uh, first leadership hostings? Was the, uh, Were there any particular moments that stood out to you? How do you think Lisa dealt with it? I think Lisa is very good when she's put under pressure. I think we've seen that when she's been interviewed by Andrew Neil, Nick Robinson, Piers Morgan. She is really good when she's put under pressure. She knows what she's talking about and she knows what she stands for. I think that's the really important part about this. When we talk about the format of the Hustings, it's important to remember that that's what it is. It wasn't a Labour leadership debate. It was a Labour leadership Hustings. Anyone that's been to Hustings knows that you don't start shouting at each other from across the stage. You put your ideas forward. What I struggle to see now is how we can move forward with the same format, with similar questions when candidates have already answered them. But of course, you know, standout moments. Um, of course, there are one there, you know, for every candidate. You know, Keir Starmer saying he's not going to give any, any interviews to the Sun during his leadership election. Obviously, a standout moment. He, you know, he was in Liverpool, and that was um, some, you know, something that would really resonate with those people in that room. And I think all of us as Labour Party members, but, you know, I don't think it would be fair to say that, um, you know, it was just Lisa that had a great performance. Mm. Um, but, as I say, I do think Lisa is the best that performs under pressure. And in 40 seconds, a good leader should be able to answer a question, not only in 40 seconds, but give a soundbite in 40 seconds. People aren't, you know, when you're out there on a leadership debate in a general election, people aren't always in it for the long run. They just want to know quickly who you are, what are you going to do for us? And in 40 seconds, I think you have plenty of time to do, do that. You know, it's interesting to see the people who are complaining compared to the people that aren't. So, as I say, I think all of the candidates had a great performance. I don't think a single one of them messed up. I mean, Jess Phillips uh, wrote a Guardian article saying that she did, uh, I can't remember what the word was that she used, but she said that she didn't do very well. But that's, you know, that's her own analysis of her own performance. Um, but I think all of the candidates performed well. Um, now, obviously, today is the day that they're recording this, that Lisa Nandy has just reached the ballot by um, getting the last endorsement that she needed from her affiliated group. Um, what do you think about the way the people get on the ballot in the contest in, in terms of needing, you know, the 10% of MPs and MEPs and then, you know, the affiliated groups or CLPs? Do you think this is a good way to... Um, to have the debate, or do you think it could, there's like issues with it, and this could be a different way to narrow down the candidates? I think it's probably the best way that we have been able to do it thus far. I think in the future, perhaps having such a high threshold for um, <clears throat> having such a high threshold for um, you know CLPs and union backings probably isn't the greatest way of doing it. But I can appreciate that you know we do need to slowly dwindle down the candidates. But, you know, there are ways of doing it, such as, you know, whenever you're running for the London um, 
mayoral candidacy um that you know you just get eliminated through ballots and it just keeps on going and i think that i don't, I don't understand why we can't do it that way potentially money um but i think it's the best way that we've got thus far i think what would be important moving forward is to not make sure that we're giving MPs so much power. I mean, Clive, the, having Clive Lewis um, put his ideas forward in the Hustings would have been great for some members who are still uncertain who they want to vote for. But unfortunately, because the um, PLP weren't behind him, he didn't have the opportunity. Um, so I think potentially taking the power away from the PLP when it comes to decisions like this is probably something that we need to look at moving forward. And potentially giving CLPs more power, um, if, if, if that's the way that we're going to start running things, if it's going to be a case of um, taking the power away from the PLP, if that makes sense. Um, now, uh, one of the um, important things uh, that, of course, will be part of any Labour leader's uh, campaign will be how they would govern, what sort of Labour government they would have, how would they would uh, act as Prime Minister. How do you think if Lisa Nandy becomes the leader of the Labour Party and then were to win a general election, how do you think she would differ from previous prime ministers? Well, I think in terms of differing from different prime ministers, we need to look at what she's going to do. Lisa's been really strong on things like community wealth building, uh, more co-ops, bringing together communities, communitarian values, I guess. Um, and I think that's really important. That's the kind of socialism that really resonates with people. It's the kind of socialism that people really do want. Um, you know, it's very easy to say we're going to keep on renationalizing everything, um, which, you know, perfect. I'd love that. But um, we need to look at how does that give power back to people in our communities? You know, I don't want a, a, a country uh, or United Kingdom where we're fighting over how much money an NHS um, trust makes. I want to, us to be fighting um, for who provides the best care. Um, and that's what I think Lisa and Andy will do when we look at things like, I mean, for example, if you've got a, uh, a building that is being redeveloped um, and it's going to cost £25 million, and if you're going to give that whole £25 million contract to a company, say we're in Carlisle, if you're going to give that contract all, to a company all the way in somewhere like London, and they then subcontract to the um, places like Glasgow, who are, well, that are quite close to Carlisle, it's these big companies that are going to keep on mopping it up and mopping it up. Whereas if we have a situation where we are giving those contracts to local companies, they may not be able to... Um, give us the demand that we need but that's why we give it to loads of different companies for example the one company that you give the whole 25 million to compared to the 10 companies you could give you know a, a different share of it and then that money goes back into the economy into the local economy and it benefits us all and that's the kind of socialism and that's the difference that lisa will make for our societies um, our, our communities across across the board. It's the, as I say, it's the socialism that will work. It will resonate with people. Um, and I mean, the other thing with Lisa is she isn't, you know, coming up with empty generalisations or empty words. Um, you know, she's providing detailed policies. She's laying out the groundwork for how we can support struggling communities from the high streets, steel mills, um, and of course, she's championing free movement from throughout. Um, so I think time and time again that Lisa's proved herself um, to come out on top, 
when she's been facing the media. Um, and I think that's what we really need, not only as, as a party leader, but as a prime minister, someone that can say, hang on, this, this isn't what's happening. This is what's happening. And really call out people when they aren't, um, I don't want to say fake news, when they're uh, not given the full truth. And that's the difference that I think Lisa can make as a party leader and as a leader of this country. You mentioned um, communitarians or values, and um, one group that in within the Labour Party that has been putting forward that sort of case has been Blue Labour, sort of combining a more culturally and socially conservative values along with sort of the sort of socialism seen before. Um, what do you, what are your thoughts on Blue Labour, and do you think that's sort of a group that Lisa Nandy can sort of win over while in order to win the leadership? I think it isn't about um, making sure that we are connecting with one particular group of people. It's ensuring that we're connecting with all different groups of people within the Labour Party, from those of us who um, you know identify. So, so for me, as LGBT, um, and for people who, for example, who have just um, nominated a Chinese for Labour, it's about winning over all those different types of support. And I think that's what Lisa will do, and I think that's what Lisa can do, and unite the party once again. Um, and, and, and unite the country. And in terms of <clears throat> Blue Labour, I think Lisa's been very clear that Blue Labour don't hold all of, all of the answers for the country's problems or the party's problems. And I completely and stand with her whenever she says that. Um, so in terms of your question, um, can she win them over? Absolutely, I think she can win them over. But um, it's not about just winning over one group of people. It's about ensuring that we are the party for equality and the party that works together once again. Uh, now, Keir Starmer uh, has recently said that he didn't want to uh, see uh, too much overt criticism of the last Labour government or too much um, criticism of Jeremy Corbyn, that he, di he didn't want to see uh, too much infighting. Do you think that uh, this balance between not criticising the uh, last Labour government too much and uh, not criticising Corbyn is sustainable? And do you think that by not criticising Corbyn enough, some people who didn't vote Labour at the last election may not feel that they can return to the party if he was the factor that, that put them off? Well, first of all, I think in regards to did Jeremy Corbyn put people off, I think it's very important. When I was out there knocking on doorsteps, I was hearing far more over that we just want to get Brexit done. Mm. Um, not necessarily that we're going to be going out there and voting for the Tories, but we're just not going to vote. I don't think that Jeremy Corbyn put anyone off of the party in terms of going out and voting for the Tories instead. Uh, um, so that's the first point. Um, second of all, in regards to Keir Starmer's statement, I think it's really important that we look at what we have done right in the past. And I think in terms of our radical policy that Corbyn put forward, I think absolutely is where we need to be going. That's the direction of the party that we do need to be going in. But we also need to look at the fact that um, the, the last Labour government did do some really, really great stuff. I mean, I grew up in a council estate, a brand new council estate, went to a brand new school, had free school meals. Um, you know, my mum had the opportunity to go to a sure start centre whenever she was trying to um, get work experience. And we need to we need to look at the stuff that, lab that that Labour government did that really helped people's lives like mine. Of course, we did stupid stuff like, you know, well, I say stupid, but uh, things like the Iraq 
um, war that, of course, have been extremely detrimental um, and, and should never, ever be praised. But we also need to look at the fact that, you know, we did all this other great stuff that has seen people like me be able to go to university, people like me be able to become a counsellor um, and have that support there. Life isn't easy for people who are working class. It never has been, it never will be, but we need to start looking at ways that we can move forward instead of keep on looking back, and that includes the last four years of Jeremy Corbyn. Let's start looking forward instead and uh, what uh, at least an Andy Labour Party can deliver for the people, not only within our party, but for our country. Um, now, um, Jess Phillips obviously recently um, pulled out of the um, leadership campaign, and she has endorsed Lisa and Andy. Um, but she, during her campaign, mentions of her not being seen as prime ministerial. Do you feel like it's important that a leader looks prime ministerial, has a prime ministerial vibe, or do you think they're sort of coded sexist and racist sort of stuff in that, in that term? I think this whole concept of... Um, you know, it was when, Jer when Jeremy Corbyn first became leader of the Labour Party, you know, I think it was David Cameron who said to him, you know, put on a suit uh, or, and have your beard shaved or something like that. You know, these are all things that are just absolute nonsense. Lisa and Andy, to me, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean looking prime ministerial, but what she says, the way that she handles the situations, the way that she puts her points across and the way that she delivers her policies are absolutely prime ministerial. And it's about trying to reconnect with those working class people for our party and which candidate can do that. And that's, and I think that's absolutely Sandy Channel 4 yesterday. Their, you know, unanimous support from the people in the room who have recently gone from the Labour Party to vote in Tory. Um, you know, so yes, I can appreciate what um, Jess says when she says, you know, I, maybe I didn't look prime ministerial, but I think that there isn't really, uh, this is how um, someone should look, this is how someone should act. Um, and in regards to should they um, have have certain views, well, that's a matter for the country. What do you think are the most important differences between the different candidates standing for the leadership? Well, I think it's, you know, I don't want to come on here and start attacking any of the leadership candidates or start saying that I disagree with them on this and disagree with them on that. But I think what's important is when we look at the candidates that we have at the moment and we look at who can bring Labour back home, bring Labour back to the communities that won us the 1997 general election and Lisa is definitely the candidate that can do that. I think we've got people saying, you know, Keir Starmer's a Blairite um, and Rebecca Long-Bailey's continuity Corbyn. Well, you know, that's all fair and well. People can, can say that sort of stuff, but it is never going to put a voter off. But if you go out there and start telling uh, Labour Party voters that this is what we're going to do for you, this is what we're going to do, this is what we're going to put in our manifesto, these are the policies that I have, that's how you win people over, not by going out there and saying, you know, Rebecca Long-Bailey's this, Keir Starmer's that, Emily Thornberry's this. Um, so in, in regards to that, I'm not going to start saying that other candidates are this and other candidates are that, and, and you know, so. Um, so in terms of... Um the deputy leadership election, which is happening alongside this. Um, have you got a preference in who you'd like to see as deputy leader out of the um, current candidates? Do you know what? I started off and I was very much back in um, Angela Rayner, but whenever I watched the deputy leadership postings, to be honest with you, I, it's, it's all to play for with my vote. I haven't, I haven't really 
made my mind up yet. Who, in, in terms of the deputy leader, Hustings, I think probably I'm, I'm leaning between Dawn Butler and, and Angela Rayner, but no, I haven't, I haven't made my mind up yet. I, as I say, I was dead certain that I was going to be voting Angela Rayner, but after the Hustings, it's, it's all changed. Um, now, uh, of course, you were also uh, a Labour councillor, and I wondered um, what you, th- what sort of uh, experiences you've had whilst as a councillor that have perhaps um, changed your mind on a particular policy, or perhaps guided you towards a certain solution. Uh, has it shaped or reshaped your politics in in any way? I think it's, you know, going out there as, as a council candidate in 2018, whenever I was, I was standing in uh, what is it's sort of like a Tory Lib Dem fight, fighting ground, and I, I stood there in 2018 and I went out there and I fought for the manifesto that the Labour Party had, and we performed really well. We did. We gained quite a lot of votes. Um, and we didn't win, but we gained quite a lot of votes. Going back out in 2018 in a different area um, and talking about the same policies, they are really across the board popular policies. Um, in regards to has my mind changed about anything, my mind's definitely been opened about the way that the council works and the and, and you know and, and the whole culture behind the council. But in terms of, in regards to policies, but it's difficult because we go out there and we fight for local policies, we fight for local um, things, um, you know, and, and on local issues. So it's very difficult to try and um, shape that to a particular policy, um, you know, a national policy sort of thing. Um, so in, 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 an, in short, no. <laughs> <laughs> So um, in the news today, you've had um, the Durham Miners Gala, um, whether Tory MPs should go. Now, a majority of the MPs in Durham are now Conservative. Um, do you have a view on this um, this issue, or do you think it's sort of a bit overblown? Well, look, I think the Durham Miners Gala is, a, is an annual event to celebrate everything that the miners did for us and um, you know how uh, and it's, it's, it isn't party political but it is because you know people like margaret thatcher who were shutting down the mines absolutely had a catastrophic effect on communities like durham where people lost their jobs people were out in you know people were out of work for for weeks people had to fight on picket lines and i think for any tory mp to go and say um i'm going to the durham miners gala is really really uh, it's disgusting these people were the, are the same people who were putting putting people in durham out of jobs so in in terms of my opinion on that i think that tory mp should really take a look at themselves before they decide that they're going to have any any ounce of decency because you're not all really really poor for any Tory MP to decide that they're going to go and go back into the community and start acting as if they are one of us when they're not. Could you not argue, though, that the fact that these MPs have been elected for in County Durham and other sort of areas in the North East, it shows that there has been a sort of a change in the, both the Conservative Party and in voters' views on the Conservatives in these areas, in these communities? I think what people saw this time for the Conservative Party going into this election was that they are that the Labour Party is now the establishment party? 
pardon me, sorry, the Tory party is never, will never, and I don't think that anyone is looking at the Tory party as a party for the working class. What they did and what we tried to do was branded themselves as an anti-establishment party that was pushing through this Brexit, which the Lords didn't want to do, which the majority of Labour MPs didn't want to do. Um, and, and, and that's the way that people look at them now. They don't look at them and think they're the working class party, but they look at them and think these people went against the establishment when we wanted them to. Uh, we're coming towards the end of the podcast now. It's been great to have you on, uh, Calvin, and we'd be uh, delighted to have you on uh, again any other time uh, you'd like to come okay. on. Uh, and I'd just like to ask one final question. Uh, now, you mentioned uh, canvassing there and campaigning. And I just wondered, what is the funniest or most amusing incident that's happened whilst you've been canvassing or campaigning? Um, right, so the first the first ever time that I went out canvassing, it was for Lisa Brown. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd never, I'd, as I say, I'd never canvassed before. And so I went with Lisa um, and she showed me how to do it. And it's not funny, but it's just amusing. And um, we... No, eventually I said, yeah, I feel comfortable, I can go out on my own. So I went and knocked on this, this, this door and this little old lady came to the door and it was so cute. And I said to her, I'm here on behalf of the Labour Party. And she stood and listened to my, you know, to what I was saying to her for about 10 minutes, you know, trying to win over a vote. And it turned out she was deaf. So she thought that I was coming to her door to try and give, to try, to try and get money for the Labour Party. And I had to stand for about five minutes shouting out, no, I don't want your money. <laughs> no, I don't want your money, I want your vote. Um, and we were stood there, honestly, I stood there for about five minutes and she was, you know, she had this, this, this £10 note, bless her, and she was trying to force it into my pocket. And I was just like, no, no, you know, that's illegal. <laughs> so that's probably, uh, the thing is, <laughs> we're fairly mild up here in Carlisle, but, you know, we get a lot of people that, you know, want to give us hugs and give us high fives because, you know, we, we are we are a Labour area traditionally, so, you know... Um, I don't really have any amusing stories. That's probably like my favourite one because it was my first ever canvassing session and I was a little bit thrown off and I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, well, I think it's, uh, it's it's still a... It's a nice story in that, you know, it shows the... Yeah, it's cute. It shows the, the sort of the uh, the solidarity between people in the, in, in the community. So... Um, yeah. Thank you again for coming on, Calvin. It's been great speaking to you. And as I, I said before, it'd be a delight to have you on uh, any oh, other time you'd like to. Uh, I Thank hope you for having me. It's been great to have you. Um, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so on YouTube, iTunes uh, and Spotify. If you want to email us, you can do at thedebatedpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you listen to the next one.